Hi and welcome back to the Glenvor podcast with your host JJ and this is the latest in season two which forms the basis of the weekly updates on the website. So if you're wanting more the historical foundations of Glenvor, please check out season one as I chip away at it. But also the site is continually being updated almost on a weekly basis, give or take. And this season is really about those weekly updates. So where are we? Well, the end of August brought another one of our distillery plan updates. Uh, and these focused on the 1904 Glenvor New Workman Houses. That's what they were labelled as on the outside of the plans. But as you unfolded them and you laid them out, you realise that technically that was incorrect. This was not new workmen's houses. These was almost an extension to the existing workmen's houses, which is interesting from my perspective, uh, a very geeky side of things, because we know the the workers' houses existed. Um, They are mentioned in a, a couple of visitor synopsises of the distillery, but in terms of actual physical documentation of the plans of the houses, we don't have that. We know roughly where they were, and this um, finding, this 1904 plans, actually confirm that. Um, these were at the front of the site, where the original entrance would have been um, to the east or the right-hand side, would have been the, the, the area for the football ground. To the south, behind these uh, how, this house or houses, would have been the warehouses, which were consistently updated uh, in the 1890s, eventually almost backing onto the workers' houses as we know. Uh, Now, workers' houses at distilleries is nothing new, Um, very commonplace, particularly at this period, because you wanted skilled employees who obviously had their own needs. And if you could house them on site, certainly the hours they probably had to work, uh, you know, perhaps uh, 24-7 sometimes, be on call, be available for such things as fires and natural hazards, you always needed somebody on site and the workers and the distillery would become almost a community um, because they had these workers' houses. Uh, Glenvor being Muirtown, there probably was a bit of housing in the area, but again, uh, it was probably seen as a beneficiary, beneficial uh, element of employment that you could actually house some of the fam- uh, the workers and their families, particularly the more skilled rather than the labour-intensive type. If you're wanting your maltman uh, or particularly your head brewer stroke stillman, you want them you know, nearby uh, and you want to, it's almost protectionism because you're not only giving them a service, but you're making them more linked to the distillery and the employment of the role because not only do they rely on you for a wage and employment, they also re- rely on you for their home, as it were, although it's not technically their home, I guess, in some respects. But anyway, um, we knew these existed uh, and they are referred to in the 1890 visit as um, being sparkly and new and plural but we we roughly knew where they were um, and this report confirms that is that presumption we had is correct it's really really detailed sort of report in terms of um, on the back of the houses they're actually building uh, a ground floor and a first floor which I think will house a boiler uh, and an additional bedroom you know so these aren't isn't new housing as such it's just amending existing housing and they were submitted i think around about september the 12th um and approved shortly afterwards um 
in the actual article online, we talk a little bit about that side of the distillery, um, which would have been the main entrance. Um, unusual in the fact that they didn't own the whole line uh, up against Telford Street. Uh, there are a couple houses to the left of the site, which endure today, actually, um, and probably are the, apart from the wall, the only sort of period um, buildings uh, which still remain intact um, in that sort of distillery site area. But they do, we are going to dig more into these houses as time goes on. Um, but one of the most interesting things isn't the actual house, it's the site map. Now, the site map gives us a couple of really interesting things. Again, it confirms that Sir KJ Matheson was the landowner, which isn't a big surprise because he seemed to own most of Rosher at the time. We've got the Canal Bank, we've got Telford Street, but where the houses are situated in the sort of top right uh, area of the, the site is where it was presumed on an earlier set of plans we're going to build the small warehouse uh, i think 1896 on the website and um, certainly myself and alan winchester we were like what's the purpose of such a small little warehouse far away from all the other warehouses on your site it didn't make sense although alan had a couple uh, ideas as to why you would engage such a feature but generally it didn't add up and certainly the these plans prove that that warehouse, if it was constructed, really didn't stick around for very long, a year or two, or more likely it was never built and they put workers' houses here. It also gives us another snapshot of the warehousing, which is slowly going to encroach on these houses, but at the moment it's still quite far away. We've got warehouses, I would say, two and three. Interestingly, the warehouse one, the original warehouse, which runs the width of the distillery, isn't showing on these plans, which a little bit odd, you would expect if you're showing some warehouses, you would show the others, but it's not there, but we do know physically it did exist at that time. We've also got the beginning of the changes of Glenvor, the distillery buildings. Um, we talked on an earlier episode about the, the U, uh, I think it was season one, episode four. Um, now we're starting to see it become a little bit more disfigured. Um, we're seeing a building that's definitely appeared on the side of the right-hand side of the still house, which we talk about what that was. That's really interesting because we, up until now, we thought that the 1898 improvements were held up by the Patterson crash, change of economic conditions, and everybody's saying, oh, whiskey demand's falling, whiskey confidence is falling, let's press pause on any improvements, let's see what happens. But it looks like some of those did go through and probably went through around about the time of approval. Um, so not everything was scrubbed until the 1920s, which is when we believe most of the work was then carried out. As well, we've got the possibility of a building on the left-hand side of the stills. It might be a tank, we're not too sure, but again, we speculate in the article as to what it was. I think it was a really interesting set of plans because, you know, you're looking at, yeah, you can see a wash house, you can see an old window, you can talk about them uh, putting in a, a, an old drain and you know, having to put in a new drain, you're putting in a bedroom. These, the plans of the building as such, give us a little insight into what maybe life was like as a worker and Glenvor needing more room for its workforce. But you wouldn't expect what we got out of it. But what, what is really interesting, because we don't have those plans from the original construct of the workers' housing, we actually now have them in this set of plans. Really, really great back sideways perspective a first floor plan and a ground floor plan the ground floor and the first floor plans apart from at the back of the housing just shows one big open space um i think it's probably not entirely correct <laughs> there would be rooms in there 
but it, it gives us a sense of, I guess, workers' conditions and what they had to live in. We also know, referring to documentation that we have and the really useful Inverness borough records, we're quite confident we actually know who lived in these housing at the time, which is fantastic. We know that Robert Robertson was resident in the cottage. Um, now, he was technically the distillery manager until they purchased Glenolben and acquired the Glenolben housing, which at the time would have had an original distillery manager's house, so i.e. a separate house in the sort of classic design sense. He would move into that. But at this point in time, in 1904, he was living in this cottage. Um, because he was, a, um, we also had the maltman, William Reed, present, uh, and he might have been in one of the other rooms, obviously. Uh, and we also know that um, Robert Robertson was married on the Friday the 20th of August 1897. So you can tell the sort of detail we're going into on this research, but he would have had his family. We know he had children uh, and obviously was married, so we know that they were all resident on site and they would have been in this house as well. So it just gives us a bit more insight by chance. Yes, the workers and where they were living, etc. But the site starting to develop. And we're really going to get to into that sort of explosion of changes at Glenvor in the coming episodes. So I hope you enjoyed that little catch up on the, the latest edition and um, please check in again. We will certainly have a lot more coming. Can't promise much on workers' houses, but you never know. Things continue to surprise me with this project, but we will have um, some really, really interesting things to review. Thank you.